Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up, YouTube? It's the double agent you can trust, and you can call me oh, Agent Zero. <laughs> my friend, stop. Stop. Do an actual intro. Yo, podcast people, it's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low, better known as the double agent you can trust, right? 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 I hope that's not the podcast name. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, this is going to be in a podcast. Yo, shout out no, to my- you're not gonna you're not gonna add that in there. Right? Oh no, it's not. Out. It's it's not. I'm not gonna add it in there. I mean, it's already there. Yeah, but you can cut it out for sure. Mm, okay, if you want, yeah, it, no, you're not you're not gonna leave it in there. If for you sure. want to yeah. cut out, then you better edit the edit the pod. But yeah, what up, podcast people? It's low. We back with another episode of the Off Top Podcast, better known as LeBron getting robbed again. That's tough. Don't go there, man. Don't go there. Yo, agents, say what's up to these people, man. Say what's up. Hello, good ladies and gentlemen of the nation. Uh, I'm your host, White Boy 7th Street. That's a Stop. <laughs> Stop. What's good with y'all, man? Hey, interestingly enough, although it's not free agency yet, over the last like four days we haven't done a podcast. There's been a lot of stuff on Twitter. I was like, yep, I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk with Lo about that. I'm gonna talk with Lo about that too. There's been a lot of stuff popping off, some rumors stirring up. And of course, uh the what's what's the correct word I'm looking for? It's an it's almost like an adjective. Uh you know when like someone feels Blue? their big shit, like they always deserve something? Is it conceited? The conceited Laker fans, of course, anticipating that everybody in free agency is gonna land exactly the way they predict, like every year does. Well, they obviously. Well, 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 I mean, coming. Let's be honest. We're obviously going to get Kawhi, LeBron, we, and PG. You're not a Laker fan, though. You're a full. You're a full fledged Atlanta fan. Stop. I'm a Laker fan, bro. We are going to get Paul George. Uh huh. Who else? Kawhi Leonard. And, and anybody? Who else? And LeBron. All righty. Nice. Nice. So and honestly, if you think about it, Demarcus Cousins. He <laughs> should take a pay cut. So we might get Boogie as well. So we're gonna have us a super team. Low. Yeah. You just stop. You can't just stop talking in the middle of a conversation. And pretend like that wasn't weird. Oh no 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 no! Wait, I think my my mic just went out. But I was still talking. Yo, <laughs> yeah, that might be my mic. Yo, but before we get into all the free agent talk, real quick, uh, first we gotta talk about this uh, this NBA award show because uh, that right there was a cringe fest. That was just. I'm not gonna lie to you, luck. Can I be honest? Go ahead, go. Be honest. I didn't watch it, man. I just had Woj on notifications. Hey, yo, you know what's so funny? Playing. Hey, can I be honest with you, agent? Can I be honest? Let me be. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Because I think I can. I can just come to you with all my my problems. You know what I'm saying? So let me. Let me For let sure. Me, Talk let me to just me. you know. Let me open up my chest, get this off my shoulders and stuff real quick, man. 
as, uh-huh. as someone who has a YouTube channel dedicated to the NBA. I uh-huh. did not watch the NBA. I don't. What is that? What is that called? The award ceremony? Like whatever. Yeah. Whatever that is. Show. I did not watch it, and it's not like I thought. Like oh well, there's no need for me to watch it because I'm just going to get the information on Twitter. I didn't want to watch it. Like yep, me neither. That whole show is like a waste of time. I understand what Adam Silver he's trying to do. He's trying to extend the NBA season out a little longer, build the anticipation. First of all, before we can get going, don't ever have me waiting until 11 p.m. to figure out who the MVP is. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever do that again. Weeks after the playoffs have been completed. I put out a tweet, and I wasn't even watching it. I just saw like other people tweeting about it. I was like, man, they should really make the award show in the middle of the following season next year. I think that's the move for real because nobody cares anymore. And also, Nazir Muhammad, I'm sure you remember him, uh, used to be a center for the Bulls for a lot of teams. Oh, yeah, actually. yeah. Oh, I'm, I remember him now since you said, as soon as you said uh, he the put Bulls. Out a, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's you put it into picture, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that oh, was yeah. when Joakim Noah was actually a good player. He oh, yeah, Joe yeah. That, yep, I remember now. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did he say? So he put out a tweet, and he <laughs> said that he didn't like the awards show because, you know, previously they would announce the Defensive Player of the Year, and then he would get, like, his own conference, press conference, and then the press would show up, and they would ask him questions, and it would almost be like a celebration for him actually getting the award, but he said that now that's been minimized to just a one-minute thank you speech on the NBA awards show. So he said that it's not fair to the players that are worked so hard that are winning these awards to not have their own day, to not have their own run where, like, that's all people are talking about that day is that Gobert won Defensive Player of the Year. And so I kind of agreed with him on that front. Of course, there's the obvious why is it happening that late. Like, at that point, people lose interest. And I think that because the league tries a lot of different shit, especially, like, an All-Star weekend, they're going to – I don't know what the ratings were, but I can't imagine they were good. So they're likely going to revert to what they've tried to do in the past, which is what I hope they do, uh, which would make sense because a lot of people weren't feeling it, to be honest. And I, I had zero interest in getting off Fortnite just so I could watch that award show. Zero at all whatsoever. I was not about to do it. But yeah. I just had my, my phone open. I was just getting all the notifs. It's not even just that. It's also the fact that... Um there's a lot of ex-NBA players who are saying that the moment, not just with the media, but with the fans, you know, because when they name MVP, the defense player of the year, if you're still in the playoffs, you get to have that moment where like you're at, you're, you're at your hometown and, or not your hometown, but you're at, you're at a home court advantage. You're playing a playoff game at home and you get the trophy and you get to raise it above your head amongst all the fans who came out to not only watch the playoff game, but also, you know, watch you win your award or receive your award. And so having all of that stripped from them, I just, I get it. Again, I understand what Adam Silver is, what he's trying to do. It's just that I think he's missing the mark. And I think he's, I think he's overthinking something that is too simple to, to extend to a point where we're talking about it. I don't think it. that's it, Lo. I think he's just trying something new. You know, like every year the dunk contest has different rules. They just want to see what flies and then try and improve on it. No, I think I think, he's trying to, I think he's trying to extend the NBA season, which I'm not. Well, I'm not that really too, blaming that him. That too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really but blaming him. I'm just. I'm just saying. I don't think. It, I don't think he's executing it properly. There's def. There's. Uh, there's so many. Like, just let's sit down, low. We're content creators. We could think of millions of content ideas, 
with NBA players at our disposal over the course of summer. If they're interested, and then pay those NBA players if they want to be part of a content series. Just keep people hooked. So they're like the NBA is like a an entire year-round thing, even if the players aren't playing year-round. Because in a couple months after free agency, we're going to have players playing in all kinds of pro-am leagues. We're going to have Jamal Crawford cooking people. And we're going to see all these clips of... We saw just the other day a clip of... Um, Faults just dancing like he was an NBA street character, and it's like so. There's always gonna be content, and it's like this is not the way, in my opinion, to extend that. And it's not even not that's not even remotely controversial. I would be surprised if anybody sat there and enjoyed the show. To be honest with you. the only thing I enjoyed about it, low, you know that reporter that that like uh, you know that reporter, the diamond reporter, the black girl. I forgot her name. Let me golden let me golden her. um um what's her name Ross. I'm gonna scroll down. Nah, it's Taylor Rooks. You told me oh, about yeah, it. Oh like yeah, that's that's another ago. that's another dime. Did you see her? Yeah. Did you see her at the war show? My goodness. Yeah, she looks. Uh... If I was an NBA player, though, I don't know how I could re- like restrain myself. How it takes so much willpower to not just holler. Yeah, she she and... she's moving up in the hierarchy of you know baddies in the NBA. NBA hierarchy. baddies. You know, my guy, saying? you got a you got a ladder <laughs> written down on oh, your of, piece of paper. Of course, of course. <laughs> you got the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like I said, uh, I, um, Ro- I think her name is Rose Gold or something like that, or Roscoe. The um, the reporter that used to solely report for the Golden State Warriors. I think now she does a lot more ESPN. She's out there. Who who could who could ever forget though? And I think she's probably number one on this. Doris Burke, that's sideline Bay. That's you know that's that's Bay. You get to see every game. You know what I'm saying? So. There's a hierarchy of them, you know. They, you got a couple of them here and there. I, I see um, uh, Rachel Rachel Nichols. I see you out there, Yo, too. Yo, did you know Rachel Demita is dating Andre Orbison? Did you hear about that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, that's crazy, bro. Uh, shooting guard of the Thunder is dating the, the star of NBA 2K TV. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, that's wild, The man. fact that that's on her resume, it. star of 2K TV. <laughs> Yo, she clouded up after the after getting destroyed by Quavo. You know those two massive blocks in the celebrity game over All Star Weekend. Completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, she definitely clouded up after that, man. Uh, shout out to her. Hey, if I got blocked by Quavo, I monetize that shit immediately. That's up uh, posters and T-shirts. Face ass, but um, yeah, the M- the NBA. The whole little award ceremony, it was trash. No, I don't. I mean, I didn't watch it. A lot of people in the Discord that I'm in didn't watch it. There's a lot of people on Twitter who didn't watch it, and even the people who are on Twitter, they were upset how long it was taking just to reveal the um, oh, the, the MVP. So what did they say? Was there a lot of commercial breaks? That's what I anticipated. It was a lot just of commercial breaks. They did a they because I, I switched onto it midway through, right? And I was like, oh, you know, it's about ten thirty, so you know, it's, it should be. It's probably about time right now. Tell me why I turned. It was like a little after 1030, something like that. But tell me why I'm sitting here looking at a goddamn Travis Scott live performance. One of the worst performances, too. It's not and Travis Scott isn't like a terrible performer or he's not at least the performances I've seen from him. He's not it's not terrible. This is a terrible bad mic. No movement. Standing still. Doing a, a a hype song too. It's not like he's like doing like one of the Jake Holes type of stuff. Was where, he doing Goosebumps? I bet he was doing Goosebumps. No, he was doing um, uh, Look at My Rollie. Oh, Okay. Yeah. 
Um, is that is that what it called? It's called Watch, but I mean, I'm trying to figure. Why do they? The real question is why they had the live performance. I don't. And know if they why, did have it, why? why? Why was it televised? Why would they think that's what people wanted to see at a time like that? Literally, it was. It was almost like they tried to do the BET Awards. Like, I don't. I don't understand why. Why are you doing that? But um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of off that though because that's kind of od. Um, before we get into any any. I guess the conversations and debates that many people are trying to have and low key, yo, we, we might have to, um, we need to find somebody who's going to disagree with us more. Cause I'm pretty sure both of us agree <laughs> what, what, what happened and what should have happened and stuff like that. But a quick shout out to all the winners, the uh, MVP winner, James Harden. Oh, well, I'll just say your league's MVP, James Harden, rookie of the year went to Ben Simmons, six man of the year went to Lou Will, um, two time six man of the year winner, right? Yep, yep. Yep. Uh defense player of the year, Rudy Gobert, which um had a lot of people kind of questioning. Uh Victor Oladipo, my guy Vic. Man, shout out to Vic. Yes, he was out there He's singing. He's not your too. guy, bro. He was smooth. He was wild, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to my man Vic from Most Improved. Uh Dwayne Casey not Dwayne Casey, um well Dwayne Casey won yeah. Coach of the Year, your coach, right? You wanna congratulate your coach? Has that ever happened? Coach of the Year gets cut from the team? Um George Carl. He was like a few years ago. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy when you sit back and think about it. Also, Brad Stevens deserved it. Yeah, Brad Stevens. Stevens is a good coach. Or even Quinn Snyder, but both of them deserved it. Um, yeah. Uh, Daryl Morey for Executive of the Year. And Who's that? the which, NBA which uh, Sportsmanship Award goes to Kimball Walker. I don't know how you won that. Sager, what? Yeah, I don't. Is it a Sportsmanship Award? <laughs> yeah, I don't, what? I, don't know how, I don't know how. I don't know what's the criteria for that, but Sager Strong Award goes to Dikembe. Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Oscar Robinson. Um, teammate of the Year goes to Jamal Crawford. And NBA Cares Community Assist Award goes wait, to... Wait, let me Kevin guess it. Nguyen. Oh, my bad. You bitch. I cannot believe you continue talking. Um, so, in, any any problem before we kind of dissect a lot of these things? We don't have to dissect it, man. All, almost everything you said was obvious. Well, the only was, not obvious award was Rookie of the Year. Well, no, we well we kind of had a back and forth about um, Dwayne Casey, but both of us again, we we both agreed. I don't, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that I, don't, too. I don't think Casey should have won. It's it's not really a knock on Dwayne Casey either. He did he did a fine job. It's just that when you look at both of the situations that the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics were in throughout the yeah. entire season, how they were able to put themselves in a situation to win, it's it's kind of head scratching to see how Dwayne Casey would win it. I understand they, they said uh, but it's a lot of people were mad at it. But you can't be mad at that choice. If it is a regular, if it was a postseason award, then it would be different. But it was a regular season award where the Raptors were first in that conference. And so you ask, how are they first? Especially when you look at their two stars that always find a way to crumble in the postseason. And maybe that contrast gave some people perspective as to how successful they were in the regular season. He's a great coach. Uh, this year, of course, we talked on the pod a lot about how the Raptors made changes offensively, but also kept strong defensively, at least in the regular season. And it was impressive. And so he deserves to be recognized for that. I don't think he was the best coach in the league that year. And so if you are giving an award to the best coach, then there are some questions there. But there were some people clowning Dwayne Casey. And that's that's not only is that disrespectful, come on. You obviously don't watch enough basketball if you don't think he was top five that year. At least, and that's at least. 
And so, yeah, when you give out awards, usually it goes by narrative. And I think they're tired of giving the awards to the same three people. And I can guarantee Brad Stevens will get plenty of those awards in the future, just like Greg Pop has. But I don't know how much Coach of the Year is Dwayne Casey's going to get. So maybe they took this as an opportunity to slide one to maybe like a – I would consider him like an underdog candidate. I don't even think he was – I would probably put two coaches ahead of him, at least this year, yeah. if I sat there and thought about it. But Yeah, Casey did fine. I don't – like you said, he should have been recognized, recognized or at least in a conversation. And for the people who think that he shouldn't be in, be in a conversation, that's crazy. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um Brad Stevens, practically a, a totally different roster. Second best player goes down. You're dealing with rookies and sophomores and a lot of bench players. No knock on on the Terry Rozier's, the Marcus Smarts, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum's of the worlds. But I mean the lack of <clears throat> the lack of experience that all of them had at times started to show. And so when you when you get to a point where other coaches in the NBA are publicly stating that they give the Boston Celtics a 10-point lead before the game even starts simply because of um, Brad Stevens' ability to operate out-of-bound plays, then, I mean, you got you to give it to Brad Stevens at that point, or at least that's my opinion there was, on it. There was an article that came out, like, a few months ago that I read talking about how anytime New England makes a move, whether it's for, like, a undrafted prospect or whether they draft somebody that they didn't anticipate was going to be that high— they, there was an actual report that said executives talk. There's there's plenty of executives that talk amongst themselves, asking questions like, "What does New England know that we don't?" So the franchise has been so successful, in New England, that when they make a move, people are like, "Wait, what? They must know something. They must have some insider information about that player because they always seem to find the best in players." And so I'm I'm sensing the same. And I guess Boston is so spoiled in successful sport teams, they might not even truly appreciate their situation. But it's literally, with, with, with the Boston Celtics, it's the exact same thing. We see him draft a player. Uh, they were making some moves just this week, as signing players to the team. And you start to ask questions like, what do they know? Because if you look back like three years ago, low, they had an opportunity to cut Terry Rozier. He was at the very bottom of the rotation, and so although he flopped in Game 7, what we saw was a player who blossomed given the opportunity due to injuries on the team. And so it's like, how did they know not to cut him? Because if you look back last year, they had an opportunity to cut R.J. Hunter, and he's not on the team no more. I don't know what team he's on. And so it seems like they know what to do with certain players and what fits where, how to develop who. And it's, the, it's not just the head coach, it's the entire coaching staff. Uh, any, any any thoughts on the, I guess the the defensive player of the year, a winner only playing like, I think he, he I think he missed almost like a third of the season if I'm not mistaken. I know he only played like yeah. fifty some games. People were kind of like thinking to themselves like, well, if the if the finalists are, um, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis should have won defensive player of the year because Gobert and Embiid missed too many games. I understand that logic, which is why Anthony Davis ended up finishing second, but. The impact that Gobert had on that team, just on the defensive end, really shifted their um, their progression throughout the entire season and the amount of progress they saw, not just from Gobert but from everybody else on the defensive end, also shifted pretty significantly once Gobert was there. So, I understand the logic to why people are upset about that, but if we're just, we're just looking at the impact that he had, he, I think he played enough games, or at least showed within the amount of games that he played that defensively he was just on a whole nother level, which is why before. The results I had him winning the defensive player of the year as well, regardless 
of how many games he ended up playing during the regular season. Um, yep. He deserved it. Yeah. I'd be mad if he didn't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the best defensive player that year, and 55 is enough sample size. Stop. People pretending like 55 isn't plenty games. If you can't tell after 55 games whether somebody deserves the defensive player of the year, whether they were the best defensive player or they they had the biggest defensive impact on their team, then you you, you need to start watching a little bit more basketball. All right? Especially because it was exactly when he returned that Utah Jazz went through that insane streak of just winning and winning, more winning. It was a mad resurgence, and it began with one guy. Also, like, Anthony Davis is going to get his, bro, like, no matter what. But if you're using, like, one-third of the season that he didn't play as the excuse, you need to think of a different excuse. Like, maybe Anthony Davis did this better defensively than him, and he had a better impact here than when he— But that would be a better argument, in my opinion. But— uh, they'll go back and forth. It'll be contested for like the next three, four years. Both those guys are fantastic defensive players. True, true, true. Um, and then finally, I guess we got to talk about this. Should what are we talking about? James Harden have won the MVP over LeBron? Who? No. Who's talking about that? Who said that? Who said that? I mean, come on, agent. I mean, he has more total points, more total rebounds, more total assists. He played more games and played more minutes. I mean, come on, agent. That's he obviously should have won this year over James Harden. Come on, agent. Isn't it crazy how people feel like it's okay to move the goalposts every single year for the awards just so that the person they want to win the award they can make an argument that no, he should have won it because of this. But you're moving the goalposts every year. People tell Harden, no, but you see, he did this and he really should have done that. At last. Three years, Harden's just been sitting there like, what do I got to do to win one of these awards, man? How, how fantastic do I have to play? Do I have to average a triple-double like Westbrook did? What do I have to do? Do I have to win more? I did that. I was first in the Western Conference against the stacked Golden State Warriors. And that doesn't even include all the other teams in the West. He did everything he had to do. If someone is still making the argument this year that Harden did not deserve MVP, but when LeBron was more valuable to his team than Harden was to his team, you're moving the goalposts. You wasn't saying the same thing last year about Westbrook. You wasn't saying the same thing the year before. And, and it continues, Low. It happens year after year after year. And if it's, it's, I don't know if they just hate James Harden, Low, or they just love their guy so much they're okay with James Harden being finessed out of another award. It'd be a shame, Low. Looking back at Kobe's career to say he, had, he has one MVP, right? Because Nash took two of the MVPs. Yeah. One that clearly should have been his. So it's like, you don't want to look back at someone's career and be like, how did he only win one or two MVPs? And he has such a fantastic phase in his career where he was putting up MVP numbers. Anyway. I, uh, I just, it would per- personally for me, I, and, and just to kind of share my thoughts on it and just be quick. There's never, I've, I've never, like you said, every year we keep changing the definition of what an MVP is. Every year. And I think part of the reason why fans feel obligated to do so is because through the media, there really hasn't been any form of consistency what an MVP is. I mean, you'll literally see the same people who are voters defined it one year as if you take X player off of X team, then they would be, you know, their their record would be significantly different. And then the next year, it's about how many wins a team has, despite the fact that yep. another uh, one player may have significantly less help than somebody else in another year because I mean, and again, it's not, I'm not really necessarily knocking Westbrook here. It's really just, again, the lack of consistency. Westbrook won the MVP last year 
if it wasn't solely, it was because a huge part of the reason why he won is because he averaged a triple-double. Because there's been multiple players throughout NBA history who have been on struggling teams with little to no help, or that was the narrative behind players such as Kobe and LeBron and D. Wade, and they gave it to Nash. And even though I don't I don't believe that he should have won it, it, it makes sense in the traditional sense of you're going to win the MVP if you have one of the better records in the league, despite the fact that Nash played with Mar- Mark Stoudemire, Sean Marion, Barbosa, you know, Raja Bell, Joe Johnson, so on and so forth, all those players in those two in a two year span, and also had D'Antoni on the bench, and it was very obvious that the system that he was playing in allowed his assist numbers to inflate to a point where he was a consistent double double guy. Not knocking Steve Nash, but I mean that's just that's just how they played. When you get to a point where if if you're telling me that Nash is supposed to win because of the regular season success that they had then I don't even see how it's it's a conversation why James Harden not only should not have won it this year, but I would even go as far as saying last year he should have won it as well. But there's just con- consistent narratives and arguments to who's supposed to win this year and that and, and next year, and the definition continues to change. But I'm, I'll end on this note. Quite, and this is not me being a LeBron hater. I, I, I actually really enjoy LeBron. But it is the, the level of disrespect to regardless of who it is, under this matter if it's James Harden or even Derrick Rose, the the level of disrespect to James Harden, as soon as he wins the MVP, not like the next year, not next week when we don't have really much to talk about, as soon as he wins the MVP, you had not only fans on Twitter, but you had verified media members, not only on Twitter, but even on networks using this ridiculous statistical metric that they've made up and they concocted this year to claim that LeBron deserved it over James Harden as if it's as if it's out of the realm of possibility that James Harden could have won this season and then their metric and the logic behind it is so vastly flawed if we had used the same metric in three of the four MVPs that LeBron ended up winning then you're basically saying LeBron should only have one or two MVPs. But no one doesn't want to make that argument for LeBron. And it's, it's Again, it's just the level of disrespect to sit here and watch Harden perform it's, Perform great. It's not like it was some outlier season where you could question it. To sit here and disrespect the season James Harden had just because you have this agenda or your favorite player didn't win the MVP and again, I'm I'm far from a James Harden fan. I don't even like the way he plays. I'm not a fan of him at all. But I can acknowledge what he's been able to do over the last four to five years of his career. And for him to finally receive an MVP, all praise go to him. But we don't have to continue to tear players down just so you can elevate LeBron. That shit is getting really old. Like, really, really old. I agree wholeheartedly. I saw you put out those graphics, my guy. And Manz was stealing your graphics. Told you you should watermark your graphics. Yeah, I need, you're right. I need to make a, need to make a watermark real quick because, my and then, you know, it's so funny to do hit me hit me back on Twitter. He was like, "Yo, my bad, man. I, I thought it was just some random Twitter page. Who cares if it's a random Twitter page? You still supposed to give somebody credit. Like the the logic that he had was stupid. But yeah, I, I just nah. I'd have definitely took pictures from people. And like, if if NBC posts a picture like LeBron going up for a poster, I'd just take the photo and caption it. It's not my photo. I mean, people. That's what people do. Loads Twitter. That's why I say just put your watermark on it. Every designer does it. You're the only guy I know that doesn't put his watermark on stuff. 
and people take it and then they don't know where it's coming from, you know? True, true, true. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's not like people saw that graphic and they were like, whoa, I'm astounded by the design, Face. <laughs> the artistic features. Yes. Um, and, I, and I guess the other conversation that people are having now and kind of shifting back into the praising James Harden mode with the MVP that he, he got this year, where, where does James Harden rank? And really not even just this MVP. I think it's a good time to kind of reflect and look at players such as Harden, Curry, um, Westbrook, KD, players who've been in the NBA for, you know, eight to 10 years now. They're getting at that age and they've put enough on their resume to where the argument could be had to where they're ranking all time. I know you don't necessarily know where they rank or stuff like that, but at least among shooting guards. Why would you say that? What'd you say? Why would you say that? You don't. At least among shooting guards, though, where, where do you have um, where do you have Harden? What do you all time right now? What's the all question? time? Why 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 would it be right now? It's obvious that he's the best shooting guard in the NBA. Calm down. It's not not true at all, man. Who is it? Is it Demar? Is Demar? The way, is Demar? Have, have you seen the way Demar Derozan was playing this year? Stop! Stop! <laughs> um, is that relevant? How did we get to this question? I don't know how we got here. I don't know because I, I just I saw a lot of people on on Twitter and some some shows, and they're asking, "What does this do for his his?" Um, I don't legacy? even think it's the correct time. Like he has so much more to do. Maybe for LeBron, since he's so deep into his career, we could say you're making me feel old right now, though. Because I I know like when KD came to the NBA, I was I was watching him, and now like you could sit here how. how how long has he been in NBA? Like 10, 10 years, years now? It's been a full he's decade, nine. man. So it's just weird that <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, man. And I'm only 22. So there's definitely somebody who's like 40 listening to this shit. Like, man, shut the fuck up. You ain't old. Why? And then, and then I'm, <laughs> I'm listening to the 40 song telling him to shut the fuck up because he's not old because I'm 68. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, I know you don't do it, but I mean. Um, okay, name some name some shooting guards. Um, uh, obviously, Kobe, that you MJ. In that order, mm-hmm. um, Wade. In what? Huh? In that order? Huh? <laughs> you said something. I heard you say something. Could you backtrack? Kobe, MJ, Wade. Some people have Jerry West as a shooting guard. Some people have Iverson as a shooting guard. Clyde Drexler. Would you put Iverson over James Harden? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. If 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 I'm okay. naming him, if I'm listing him as a shooting guard, I wouldn't either. But I'll I'll say this about James Harden. I you didn't I t- give us your ranking. Damn. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> You didn't give us the ranking, man. You're giving the explanation before you give us the answer. He's okay. I, I have him top five shooting guard all time. So who are the four? You say MJ, um, Kobe, MJ, Jerry Kobe, West, Wade. I don't have Jerry West as a shooting guard. I have him as a point guard. And my fourth is Clyde Drexler. Now, people are gonna be upset at me because I said Clyde is still ahead of him, and they're gonna say, "Well, Clyde never won MVP." That's an odd decision. Neither did Wade. Wade never won MVP either. But let me let me be clear on on why I'm saying this. And this is not. I'm not necessarily trying to knock Harden. I'm just trying to put things in context here because Harden, what he's done over the last four to five years, has definitely put himself in a situation not just some, even among shooting guards, but a, amongst all time greats to be considered in that conversation of players. And I would I would put him yeah. even in the top. If we're talking about all-time players, he's definitely top 50. And he's probably even top 30, 35, maybe even um, 25, somewhere around that range. I wouldn't be surprised if I sit down and, and do it again where I rank him. But I'm saying all that to say, A, 
to me, and this is just a personal thing, I don't put that much weight on an MVP because I thoroughly understand, again, like we just said, how the, the definition continues to change. And so due to the lack of consistent, due to the lack of consistency, excuse me, ironically enough, the MVP continues to lose its value as an award. You see what I did there? The most valuable player loses his value. You see that? You saw I did it? I did. Okay. Yeah, that was very punny. And um, and so because of that, and I'm not saying it's irrelevant because there's definitely some historic weight to it. There's only a handful of players throughout NBA history who have won an MVP. But the, the problem, well, at least the bigger problem is that I just know that other players who have not won an MVP and they just so happen to be shooting guards as well, Clyde Drexler, Andy Wade, they had regular seasons to where they were able to put up ridiculous stat lines as well and be highly efficient also. And people get caught up in this idea that the only way that you can fill up a stat sheet is by points, rebounds, and assists, where Clyde Drexler, he didn't fill it up in the assist category as much as um, James Harden did, but he more so filled it up in the um, in the steals category, and his field goal percentage was always in the high 40s, um, border, borderline 50%. And then you talk about what happens in a postseason, and this is what really holds back James Harden. And I made a video about it as well. The thing for me that continues to hold back holds back James Harden is his inability to play at an MVP standard or be an MVP caliber player in the postseason. Because even this year, I understand as a unit they got to the conference finals, and I'm not necessarily saying that he had nothing to do with that. However, after the first round, when they played the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. He really wasn't that effective, he, nor was he that efficient. He was able to draw some double teams here. He wasn't effective in the Timberwolves series either, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he really wasn't there either. But when they got to the Utah Jazz series, his efficiency just dipped significantly. It, it was ridiculous. And Chris Paul, and I'm not, I mean, if I understand the reason why they got Chris Paul is to make sure they help him out in the postseason, but if Chris Paul didn't play the way they, they played, I, I think it would have been completely different. And I, I think it's, it's ironic to me, and this is another reason why I think that James Harden is just hold, held to a different standard, which is why I can't put him in the same conversations with the Kobe Wades or even Drexler in, in some debates. But if Chris Paul had played the way that James Harden played, you would have never heard the end of it. He did. Chris Paul was inconsistent, too. When? I mean, in the Utah Jazz I, series? In throughout the whole playoffs. No, bro. he wasn't. It was a series where he shot like a complete bucket. No, he didn't. But no, he, he didn't. No, no, he doesn't have the out. same green light as James Harden, though. It was a whole team doing it. It wasn't just Harden. And you can argue Harden was the leader, so he has to set the tone. And you're right. He definitely wasn't playing like an MVP. I think. I don't even know if he was playing like he was top five in the playoffs. He, but, he wasn't. Let me answer that question. He wasn't. He wasn't. There was. But that being said, I do think uh, talking about these all-time shooting guards... If, if Harden continues to play the way he's doing in the regular season, he'll eventually see postseason success. Over the next five Will years, he man. Will, I mean, I, like you, you're saying that casually. Yes. Yes. I don't, yes, I don't think yes, so. Yes. I completely disagree. Uh, they made it to Game 7 against the fucking Warriors. So are we, are we talking about team? And I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy. But are we talking about team success or individual success? Because the, the thing... Both. If you're the leader of a team, then... But when they they got to get, they got to seven games with the Warriors because of Harden or because of I because I think Chris Paul contributed way more than Harden did. He I think Chris Paul contributed more intangibles. He was leading plenty of timeouts. No, uh, I just no, I think him, Chris Paul um, is a better player in in both the Jazz and okay 
and which cost okay more. I thought you were saying overall I was about to really I'm about to really question your basketball expertise for a second no but I'm, I'm I think James Harden will be better than Dwayne Wade at the end of his career no I don't I think no. he'll be third best shooting guard of all time and I think that part of the reason why people respect Dwayne Wade is because he always shows up in big moments and so but that happens in the Eastern Conference in the Eastern Conference, you don't have to go up against Utah Jazz defense. Well, well, you don't well, have to well go no, let me State let me Warriors. stop you there. Let me let me spit these facts to you, because D Wade in his third year in the NBA faced the Pistons, and this was the Pistons with Ben Wallace. This is not a knock on LeBron, but this is just a fact. When LeBron beat the Pistons, that was without Ben Wallace. D Wade beat them when they had Ben Wallace on their roster. Why are you saying that? Like Ben Wallace is a premier All Star that. Everybody's supposed to be afraid of. And, but I mean, uh, not also. You just said you you brought you're the one who brought up defense. You said he was he drafted oh three oh four. Give it three years. That's like two thousand six, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but all I'm saying is, you're saying the Utah Jazz premier defense. That's what you just said, right? And that's I'm not saying right. it wasn't great defense. But you just mentioned one player. That's not what makes Utah Jazz great. It's the fact that they have a suite of players that but no matter Pistons which lineup a, a you have of, on, a, a great defensive players as well. Okay, so uh, you mentioned, so what would you say, Lo, uh, throughout the course of Dwayne Wade's career, in terms of the postseason is the point I was trying to make, do you think he's going to have to deal, you think Dwayne Wade dealt with more competition in the Eastern, and keep in mind, there were definitely some good teams, not like he was just running over buckets, but the second he joined up with LeBron, and I know he won that championship with Shaq, and definitely that helped cement his legacy. Because if everything he won with came with LeBron, then just like before Kobe won with Powell, people will start to have questions like, can he win by himself? Or does he need other top three players or best players in the league to help him do that? I think that James Harden will go through tougher competition over the course of his career. And I do think that at some point he will get over the hump. And he was so fucking close to doing it. And I know he would have been able to do it had it not been for injury this year. And that's saying a lot because going into that series low, I thought the Warriors would win in five. And so even though Harden didn't play great, he was enough of a magnet that he gave his opportunity, he gave opportunities to his teammates to play great. And so whether they showed up or whether they were completely breaking the shots, whether players like Chris Paul took leadership and Gave those intangibles. Also, there were some insane shots he was hitting. In some I, of those I was games. about to say. I, th- I think. I think you're under. I. Th- I think you're vastly underrating what Chris Paul did in that series. And I, again, no, I would. No, no, I would no, no. go I'm as not, far. As, I would go as far as saying that Chris Paul was the better player in that series. <laughs> I disagree with you. Anyway, before and before we get on that, let me let me be clear again on this. In 2006, and I understand what you're saying about the talent, and I'm not, I'm not understanding, I'm not questioning if we're just talking about complete teams, but in 2006, D Wade against the Detroit Pistons, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, and again, I'm not really trying to knock LeBron, but when LeBron does this, everybody celebrates. D Wade did this the season before LeBron. And I understand that the context there that, you know, LeBron didn't have as much help or whatever. Shaq at this time was a, he was a twenty and ten player. I'm not saying that's not nothing, but he wasn't the same Shaq as we know him in in L.A. But yeah, against against the Pistons, D Wade put up twenty six, twenty seven points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals. I mean, yeah, two steals, a block and a half, shooting sixty two percent from the field. 
I'm, I, don't, I think you think that I don't respect what D Wade's been able to. Accomplish. It's not. It's not that. D-Wade I think. Is, I think. What, what I'm saying is, even if we exclude James Harden from the Warrior series, this year's Utah Jazz series, he didn't play great. Um, like you said with the Timberwolves series, he didn't. I mean, he he played passable, but it wasn't all that great either. Then you go back to the season before when they play when they played the um. The San, San Antonio Spurs, and he ended up losing to the Spurs, despite the fact that Kawhi missed Game Six and James Harden just didn't show up to push it to a Game Seven. Then we go back to 2015 when they were down three-one or whatever, and James Harden was on the bench when they came back against the Clippers. It's it's not just one season, it's not just one moment. James Harden, sure. if you just look at his career in the postseason. For someone, and, and let's be very mindful as well, for someone who doesn't play defense or at least doesn't play defense at an elite level, but for for the most part of his career, he's been labeled as someone who just doesn't give enough effort on a defensive end, someone who turns the ball over at a historic rate. James Harden, in his time <laughs> in Houston, 28-point score, that's great. But he's shooting 41% from the field and 31% from behind the arc. And so if I'm not getting defense, I'm not, and I'm not getting you taking care of the ball either, and you're there to score, and you're not even scoring efficiently, this is not a knock on James Harden, just putting things in context. Until the day comes where at bare minimum he can play to the status of, of just a great player. It doesn't even have to be an MVP status. Until the day he's able to consistently play at a great status, I, I just, there's no way I could, I would even. I mean, he would have to have ridiculous posts. I mean, on regular season success from the overlook. That's why I said give him time. That's why I said give him five years, low. Five years and it, first of all, 29. this is assuming. I, I understand that, but he's in the middle of his prime right now. So let his prime play out. We've seen LeBron, and you could argue LeBron is still in his prime the way he's playing. But we've seen Dwayne Wade go through and pass his prime. Well, D, and, and, and oh, so, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but D Wade, just to put things in context. D Wade went to the finals, won a championship, and beat the Pistons in the process, and outperformed Dirk in the finals. He did all of that in his third year. I understand what you're saying. What well, I, I, I get what you're saying. Give him some time. D Wade, three years into his career, was already playing at a at a point where you could easily. That's argue. not that's not an apples to apples comparison because three years into Harden's career, he was still struggling for minutes. In OKC, right? In, in in James Harden's fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year, he wasn't struggling for minutes. He was leading that Houston Rockets team. But that's that's the that's the point I'm trying to make is he was able to blossom into his own player. And every year we seen him make a step. Whether it was last year when he was running point guard, I know he was turning the ball over a lot, but his numbers were fantastic, and he was leading a team at the point guard spot, which nobody expected to be successful. And then we saw him move back to shooting guard, and we thought, how is it going to work with Chris Paul? They have two people who handle the ball. Is it going to work? And then he found a way to make that work and adjust with that. And then not not only get first in the Western Conference, but be oh so close to eliminating the best team in NBA history, led by James Harden. No, that was, no, it was in no, five no, years. It was, it was led by Chris Paul. If you don't think, he, it I, was led by here's Chris the difference. Paul. I don't think you think he'll get over the hump. I know he'll get over it. Eventually, I think he's a good enough player. I don't, I, and I, and so, I, I hope he gets over the hump. But when I see him perform, I see the numbers he posts up. I see the results of those numbers. No, I don't think he's he's going to get over the hump. Because I mean, it's at anyway, some point you would have to acknowledge him. So if if he gets a championship, let's say next year he beats Golden State, and then obviously he's going to beat whoever's coming from the Eastern Conference, wins a championship. Uh, 
And that's all he's able to accomplish. Let's say for the rest of his career, he does not he does not get any more championships. Let's say that he does well in the postseason. Maybe he makes it to one or two more NBA Finals, but loses he makes to it somebody more, else. So you're saying, okay, two to three NBA Finals, more than likely has to beat the Warriors at least twice to get to the Finals. Yes. Let's say that um, LeBron... Hypothetically LeBron, speaking. Yeah, what's this hypothetical? Let's say, hypothetically speaking, LeBron isn't on his team as he does this as well. Yep. If he were to do that, then yeah, he would be better than Wade. Those are so big ifs, though. I would actually bet against it. Uh, that's not that crazy. No, I mean, no, I that, that is crazy. Just okay. That, let's that, put that, this that in is that is very close. If if James Harden and the Houston Rockets were in the Eastern Conference, let me pull up a map. See, I'm from Canada. I just need a little help from I'm Google from Maps Canada. here. Give me a second. Oh my look. god! Let me stop. Pull up maps because if I zoom out. I swear up and down, I'm pretty sure Houston's in the fucking eastern quad. I said I was gonna say quadrant, eastern side of the United States. Let me pull this up. It is. If you pull up a huge map, actually not. If if you count Maine, then you might. But ain't no team in Maine, all right. The the furthest team east might be like Boston, I think, or something like that. To say this, if Houston was for whatever reason switched to the Eastern Conference or they abolished conferences, right? Let's let's not get to abolish. Let's say Houston gets switched to the Eastern Conference. Whoa, that's crazy. Houston is making... Let's say this happened, low three years ago. Houston would have made the the NBA Finals three years in a row. And so why does that I, I, change... I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I completely disagree. He would have. No. He would have made the Finals three years in a row. And, and, I don't understand LeBron, why that changes LeBron his quote-unquote legacy. Yes, no. he would have nope, beat that nope, team. no, no. no. He would have beat that team before Chris Paul got there. He would have beat him when Chris what, Paul got what if, there. I'm, he would have I'm, beat I'm that sincerely team. asking this. What have you seen from James Harden that makes you believe that he he could do that? Well, how much time has he got to make it to the conference finals and lose Look, he's to the best making team it to in the NBA com- history? Agent, if in the second round against the Utah Jazz, if he's posting up, He's shooting 40% from the field and 29% from okay, behind the Okay, but right now I'm not talking exclusively about efficiency or effectiveness. He turns the ball over, he turned the ball over three to four times. Chris. I get it. Huh? I understand. I understand all of that. I'm just talking about the team right now. It does not focus on James Harden. That team if isn't good team, enough to beat a LeBron and Kyrie led team. Yes, no, it it's not. Beat that it's team. not, Agent. It would have beat that team the last three no, years, low. No, and they so would not I don't have. understand why that would change his legacy or where he ranks all time compared to other shooting guards or other players in general. The NBA Finals, low is you have to be the best in your conference. Now, sometimes the top two and three best teams just happen to be in one conference, which makes the lives of other people so a lot what, more in, challenging. In, two, in, in 2017, some, when they lost to the Spurs, why did they lose to the Spurs, Agent? What kind of question is that, Low? There's, there's a lot of factors why any team would lose. But when, when, they, now, when, they, don't, James, when they don't no, have Kawhi. You're missing the point, Low. I'm not trying to lie here. You, I understand James Harden, especially over the course of his career, has had a very spotty record in the playoffs. Especially if you look at his ability to lead a team, efficiency, and what we could only describe mildly as chokes. They've been massive chokes of monumental proportions in many of occasions. We understand that. All right, Have we established that? Low. Yeah, I hear you. I'm still here now. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm listening just, to you. I, just, I want to make sure you're with me here. <laughs> All right. Now, you move that team to the Eastern Conference where they no longer have to deal with, and you're talking about a team like the Spurs who's had playoff success over the last 
ever since I was born. I was born in 96. So this is, I've never seen that team in my existence perform poorly. They've always just been a 50-win team, whether they're shooting for the NBA Finals and winning a championship, or whether they fall just short, or whether Zaza Pachulia is taking out your best player, right? And so I'm saying when you transport that team to the East, how does that automatically make his legacy better? Because you could check off NBA Finals appearance here, NBA, even if he loses, right? Even if he loses, this is what LeBron fans do. They just, oh, he made the finals. There we go. That's a check on his legacy. He made, he's obviously better than Jordan. Well, what do you expect? You expect LeBron to beat the best team in NBA history by himself. And so people just give him a pat on the back and a check mark on his uh, artificial hypothetical checklist that cements his legacy as the quote-unquote go. But I don't get it. It's a vanity metric. The NBA Finals doesn't mean anything as long as conferences... Well, it does mean something, but it doesn't mean all that people are giving it praise for. As long as conferences still exist, there's no there's no true metric because the two best teams will... Not, like, if the two teams... Do you see what I'm trying to... You don't need to know, see, I, I, explain I, I, this I to see you. what you're saying, and, and I understand what you're saying. And, and even putting it into better context, James Harden has lost to the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken, three out of the last four years. So I I I, okay. I get I get what you're saying and, and you're right. No one doesn't go through And the other team was the Spurs, yeah? Yeah, and, and then the other year was the Spurs. No one doesn't go through James but the, the problem okay. with the Spurs though is that Kawhi wasn't there. And that that's that's the big he was he, he Kawhi wasn't in the last game and James Harden still underperformed. And and that's the that's the biggest difference there is that if I think I'm just more optimistic about that team than you, though. I don't know. I'm not optimistic I, about that team get, because Chris Paul may not be there. If they get LeBron on that team, then it would it may take away a little bit from what James Harden does, and I still can you imagine Chris Paul leaves though? Yeah, I can. Yeah, yep. I can't because what's Chris Paul want more than anything right now is to make it to the fucking NBA Finals when it. But if if I'm Chris Paul and I'm not getting paid max money by the Rockets, because apparently there was a wink wink you know type of deal, and the deal goes sour apparently. And I can go somewhere else and get the same amount of money. Why would I not say, yo, LeBron, where are you going? Let me figure out what's going on and go go over there and go get the money. I, that's all I'm saying. But it, even if, let's say, hypothetically, Chris Paul still stays, which isn't that crazy of a hypothetical. Even if he stays, I still don't see how they're making the finals because. Not me neither. J- OK, I agree yeah, with you James, on that. James this Harden year. would have to. He, James Harden would have to play at an elite level. To the standard that we see him in the regular season, and I, I don't even think that'd do it, Low. I think the Warriors underperformed this year, and I think I you can think catch. The, again. But I think you can catch the Warriors slipping again. But I'm, but even 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 like you can say you caught the Warriors slipping this year because he did. There was still never really a moment throughout the entire Warriors series outside of Game One, where I thought to myself, "Wow, James Harden, he is that he is doing it right now. Like he's he is really putting the team on his back. He's coming down, making the tough shots." Making but, the right but decisions. Your, your favorite player did the same thing, Lo. What James Harden is doing right now, maybe minus the playoff success, is exactly what Kobe did. If oh, we're speaking no, specifically no, about no, efficiency. No, 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 no. If we're speaking specifically about efficiency, no, this is exactly what no, Kobe did. No, no, it's he had the not, green light. No, it's not. He took ridiculous shots. As as horrible as it's it looked, not the same as thing. contested as it might have not been, the same thing. as inefficient in some games as he nope. was, he had the green light. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and listen to this Kobe slander because when Kobe was okay, when so Co- when, while when Kobe was the difference, well, let me let me let me break it down. 
when Kobe was on a valid team, when I say valid team, when they added Pau Gasol for the first year, in the first round of playoffs against the Denver Nuggets, a 50-win team, coming off of a um, defense player of the year season, Marcus Camby was on that roster, along with a, a lot of other solid defensive player, defensive teams. Mind you, I think that team was top 10 in defensive rating. Kobe shot 50% from the field that, that playoff series while scoring 33 points. Then moving on to the next series against the Utah Jazz, Kobe Bryant put up. He shot forty nine percent. First of all, how the fuck do you memorize all this shit? Kobe, I'm, well, is your, is your, well, I'm well, Kobe shot forty nine percent from the field, and then in the final series, you had a website. And up? Then, and I know then, you don't have stuff memorized. And then in the final series <laughs> against the San Antonio Spurs, after they just got done winning a championship, Kobe shot fifty three percent from the field. All of which he's putting up 29 to 30 points in, on a night to night basis. This is no shot at Pau Gasol, but I love how people say that Pau Gasol was carrying Kobe or he was like the difference maker. Pau Gasol, I've never heard anyone make that Pau, Pau Gasol in 2008 against the San Antonio Spurs, we're talking about a 13 point score, giving you 10 boards on 44% shooting from the field. Let's, don't ever, don't ever in your life, there may be moments in Kobe's career, games, hell, even the 2004 finals, I'll give you that as well. But there was never really a moment in the postseason leading up to the final when he had to go through borderline 50-win team every single year just to make it to the finals in 2008, 9, and 10. There was never a moment in the Western Conference playoffs where Kobe was as inefficient throughout an entire series and a postseason run as Westbrook has been the last three to four years. Westbrook? I mean, um, Who are you, what are you doing right as, now? As much as Harden has been. I mean, been, you're not wrong about know, Westbrook, right? but. <laughs> as, much, as much as Harden has been over the last three or four years. And also, again, I want to be clear about this because you have to put this in context. Mind you, Kobe's still giving you elite level defense. Harden isn't. Matter of fact, there's some okay, years where yeah. Harden you know is what? sleeping on a defensive end. Kobe is not turning the ball over four to five times on a consistent basis. That's what Harden does. And on top of that, Kobe was Kobe wasn't on it. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I you can I guess you can compare Powell to where Chris Paul is right now. Okay, you can say that, but I, I just I understand what you're saying, Agent. I, I get it. Kobe might have been. And why you, you're arguing all this random stuff? I said specifically about efficiency. If you're looking at you efficiency, about turnovers what, what year, and competition. Please, please explain to me what season, especially when Kobe was in his prime, in the postseason. Where Kobe shot below forty percent. Please, I want to hear it. I mean, I'm not talking about. Listen, I'm not going to pull up websites and get into advanced stats because that would take too long, and you hear my keyboard clickety clacking. This shit is loud as fuck. What I'm saying is, there was games where Kobe shot horribly. You're not talking about games. I'm so talking we about can, series. Let's be clear, though. Series. James Harden had no excuse for shooting bad in the Timberwolves series. Point blank, that team's not even good defensively. And on top of Cad, Andrew Wiggins, all they really had good defensively, you could say Jeff T's a good defender, and of course Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler was rushed else. back to the court. He wasn't even hundred percent. Yeah, so he was he was not hundred percent, that's true. There's no reason for that. Up against the Utah Jazz, probably the best defensive team in the league. Uh, still in contest, no excuse. There's still throw, no excuse. You could throw the Celtics in that mix. You could throw no excuse. the Pelicans There's in no that excuse. mix if you want. There's no excuse. But that's a tough... So if you have a couple off games against the Jazz, people understand. But it wasn't just a couple off games. I think it was more exactly. than that. Still, they're able to make it past that series, although that's what people expect. They're, they're able to make it... Wait, then, they're able to make it past that series because Chris Paul averaged 25-7-6 and six on 48% shooting from the field and 44% shooting from behind the yard. So okay. it's hard for James Harden to be efficient, but his own teammate who has been practically efficient his entire career, can be efficient. But I think you're missing the point. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say about James Harden. 
is I think that what he does for the team is more than just what shows up in the surface level statistics where you can look and be like, hey, he shot 41% over the course of the playoffs. Oh, he played horribly. But when you watch the game and how he plays, first of all, I don't like the style they play. I think at times it can be exciting when the shot is dropping. Iso, 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 iso all the time. It's just, can you beat your guy on iso? Run a pick and roll with Capella, try and get a switch, iso. More iso and iso. It's not, it's not a very intriguing play style to watch, especially when you start to break your shots and it gets drive for sure. We understand. But it's, it's what helped them win. And even though Golden State didn't perform that well, especially in the conference finals, you can make an argument that the way they played just, just almost barely beat them out. And so if you make improvements like adding a LeBron and you get, by the way, another ISO heavy player on an already ISO heavy team, that might change things. You could say whatever, whatever. All right. One. Two. James Harden. Low. I'm optimistic we'll turn it around. I also think I'm, and I wasn't in the past when he was with the Clippers. I also think Chris Paul will eventually get over the hump. They're just too good of players to, regardless of who they're playing, right? We know Golden State's a fantastic team. I think at some point their career will turn around and they'll start to make the push. Now, what I meant to say before I got cut off was, unlike Dwayne Wade, like Kobe, and even like LeBron, they, James Harden doesn't have that touch, right? When when it's the final shot. And the time is at three seconds. You could trust Kobe with the ball. You could trust Wade with the ball. You could trust LeBron. with. There's plenty of all-time players you could trust with the ball. I don't know if I would trust James Harden with the ball because he hasn't proved to me that he can win no matter what. And I get that. That was the argument you're trying to make with Kobe, that no matter what he had going with him, he just found ways to win all the time. And he was playing fantastic teams throughout his whole career. I don't know how we got this deep into a James Harden argument. Because I mean, I just because I, I really just want to know where where you rank. You know, I like, I like picking your brain, man. Jeez, man. I I just I think the, pe- the you people want to hear you talk like this too, man. They, it's people hit me up in my DM saying like, "Yo, man, let force agent to talk about something else besides Toronto." And I'm like, "All right, I'll I'll see what I, I can." I haven't do. brought them up. Actually, I did bring him up. I'm about to say stop, Dwayne Casey. Stop. But <laughs> anyway, but there's Dwayne Casey. He had to bring him up. He just got fired from. Regardless, I think he will be better than Wade uh, after the end of his career, which says a lot. Wade had a fantastic career. Uh, Lo, who had a better playoffs? All right, this is where we see if your bias: Wade or Harden this year? Well, Wade, Wade, Wade was Wade is a bench player coming. I mean, come on, we can't. That that's silly. Well, no, that's, I just want to hear it from you. I just want to hear it from you. This, yeah, okay, yeah. James Harden in his prime played better in the playoffs than than thirty. I what, just want to know that you're capable of even Wade. spitting out that sentence. Oh, that's not, but that's yeah. not impressive enough. The one thing that holds yeah, Wade's back though, and this is probably where Harden can definitely catch up, is if Harden can Injuries. go out there, yeah, if he can go out there and be just a consistently great player for a longer period of time than Wade was because of injuries, because. I want to say after that last year when LeBron was in Miami was kind of tough for Wade. And I I mean, I know a lot of people saying, well, he was on, you know, he had been in the final so many years and he put a lot of, you know, wear and tear on his legs and stuff like that, which is fine. I, I get that. But it's it's really hard to kind of look at Wade the same way, knowing that at age, you know, 30, 31, 32, like he was already done. And out is his prime, and even when LeBron was gone, he just wasn't the same player. So it's kind of hard to look at um Wade in in those respects, and that's what really holds him back. Because many people make an argument 
if you're just looking at prime and talent, Wade is up there with some of the elite level players in NBA history. It's the lack of him being a consistent player over an extended period of time, the longevity, because even after his third year in the NBA, Wade started missing, you know, 20 games pretty regularly throughout his career. And then it just became a consistent but A lot player. of that wasn't due to injury. It was just rest. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, um, in, oh, after 06 and 07, he missed 20 games. Like him, him still being fairly young, 25, 26 years old. Missing twenty plus games on a on a um, season basis, almost thirty games. So yeah, I mean that that kind of hurts him as well. But again, the, the whole injury part and him not being consistently out there. But it, to me, for me, and for P, I know people are going to ask me this, just to kind of give the answer out there. James Harden, fifth greatest shooting guard of all time. If he played great in one postseason run, just give me one postseason run. Just one? I Just give me one. I'll put him over Clyde Drexler. Jeez. But for him to be over Wade, Kobe, or, I mean, not, well, he's not going to be over Kobe. What would it Unless, take for Wade? He's he not, he not going to be over Kobe. I mean, let's just keep it a buck. Yeah, he won't. He doesn't even have to, in my opinion, he doesn't even have to win a championship to be over Wade because we all understand the situation that he's in in the Western Conference against that Warriors team. He just has to play great. Like he, I can't. See I agree he, with you on that. He's definitely not playing like no. Yeah, he's he, not even playing like a. Let's name the players that played better than him in the playoffs. Clay Thompson. I think Kevin Anthony Durant, Dave, Anthony Davis, KD, Curry. Uh huh. I would borderline even say, especially in that first round, Drew Holiday showed up. bigger. I would also agree with that. Showed yeah. up bigger than um, James Harden did, and they just just yeah. so happened to play the um, the Warriors in the second round. Even though I understand they pushed them to seven games, still though. Um, LeBron, uh-huh. obviously. Donovan Mitchell, I think, right? Mm, yeah, he was a lot more efficient. A little, little, little shaky there. Russ, Westbrook, right? Let me chill out. Let me chill out. Let me chill out. Uh, definitely not. We would put LeBron in that category for sure. Yeah. Which is, which is, and I'm, I know the MVP is a regular season award, people, but I, I can't, I just can't. And, and we kind of really talking about his whole career now. You went in an MVP and you're not even one of the top five performers in the postseason. That's kind of, I mean, even Giannis and Chris Middleton played great in that first round. It's kind of hard. But that, to, I don't think that was enough for the sample size. But, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good little seven game, you know what I'm saying? It was a good little seven game going on. If you, if, if you didn't make it out the first round, I don't think you qualified to be in this conversation. All right, good. I ain't, ain't going to lie. Chris Middleton, though, no, Chris Middleton was almost shooting 60 60. 70-something. Yeah, he was he, on point. He was, he was out there, you know what I'm saying, giving it to the Celtics. They borderline beat the goddamn Celtics. But, yeah, shout, yeah. yeah I mean, again, shout out to James Harden. Just a great year as, as a whole. But I just, I got to see okay. something in the yeah, postseason. Yeah, I finally agree with you on something. Yeah, I got I to gotta see something in the postseason. Um, okay. What's up? What's up? What's what you got for me? So, Lo, uh, I want to I ask you. I, I know you saw it. You definitely saw it. But I don't know if everybody saw it. And it was probably the most hilarious thing. I was playing uh, Fortnite with Vortex. And he was reading it to me, and I was just saying, it was literally the most hilarious thing. So, uh, Richard Jefferson, you see where I'm going with this, uh, apparently, paparazzi have been stopping him, his his family, yellow, his children, and asking them if they know where LeBron is going to go next year. These paparazzi have no bounds. They, they don't, nothing is going to stop them from getting a hint, a whisper, some sort of secret. So, this is what Richard Jefferson said, and uh, quote, it is with great remorse that I'm writing this. After many years as a peer and many years as a friend and a teammate, I have decided to end my friendship with LeBron James. I'm saying this publicly so that the fans, 
The media can please stop asking me where he's going in free agency. I don't know. My family doesn't know, and neither do my kids. Unfortunately, I live in Los Angeles, so the questions are unavoidable, but hopefully this helps clear things up. Truth be told, I never liked the guy. He works too hard and makes the rest of us look bad. He's my son's favorite player, and I view that as a complete betrayal of how hard I've worked to put a roof over his head. I'm sorry. I'm having to give this Drake response, but I feel like this is the best way to to address an issue that I'm clearly losing also. I wish everyone the best of luck in free agency, teams, players. Oh, and to Channing Fry also. Just because. So he put out this almost like satirical joke, which, by the way, you'd be surprised how many people were like, man, fuck Richard Jefferson. They couldn't pick up on the fact that it was a joke. These, I don't, who are these people that are growing up without a sense of humor? Or just, just some sort of like heartbeat sensor as to what sarcasm looks like. If you can't spot a joke when you see it, man, go back to school before Tom, posting I know your next you not tweet. just say growing up without a sense of humor. Unbelievable. <laughs> some people were mad at him, Lo. Like, that's have you the, never yo, laughed in your that's life? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard you say, growing up without a sense of humor. Anyway, I thought it was hilarious. Obviously, everybody's trying to get the scoop on LeBron. Uh, stopping someone's kids and asking the question is probably a weird conversation to have with your kids. Even if Richard Jefferson knew, what do you think about LeBron's decision to go to the Houston Rockets next year, kids? And then why would you why would you dispose I, I, if LeBron told me a secret like that? Listen, I'm not telling nobody, let alone my kids. Have you ever, Lo, have you ever, like, as a kid, I was, listen, I was like, I was out there, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was like 90210, man. I was hearing whispers, telling whispers. It was like a, it's not an information you give your kids. Lo, I want to, I was about to say, about I, don't, I don't know who, why would you tell, not just LeBron kids, why would anybody tell another player's Anybody. kids about what another man is doing? Like, how would A life that, decision. Like, yeah, a serious life decision. Why, why would that ever get to a point? I don't know, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I don't I don't get the whole point, and um, people are always trying to figure out where LeBron is going to go. I, I mean, at this point, I've I've kind of just accepted the fact that we're probably not going to know. Which, as as a side note, I, I think I understand why LeBron does it, but I would go as far as saying it may end up hurting him in the long run, like him not why is that because it may. I'm not, I'm not saying saying that he's going to stay on the Cavs or anything like that, but if he wanted to hypothetically stay on the Cavs, right, which. I don't think it's also that far fetched either, but if he were to stay on the stay on the Cavs, him not being transparent with them or him not allowing them to understand what needs to be done if he dis- if he does decide to stay and how they can kind of recoup and get the players that they need and do the trades like they can't him on July fourth or July fifth or sixth saying yeah I'm going to stay with the Cavs, you've already wasted three prime three to four prime days of the free agency and it puts his team in a situation to where it just makes it harder for them to make the moves that they need to make. Because I think for them to keep LeBron, they're going to have to trade Kevin Love and them doing that. It's kind of hard for them to do that without everyone understanding what LeBron is going to do, because I think the way that they can trade Kevin Love is do a sign and trade with Paul George if he wants to go there. But all of that, no one doesn't necessarily know the outcome of that until LeBron says where he wants to go. And so I understand and keep your options open. And he may not have sat down and thought about it too much, but him at the last minute changing teams and, and, and the, uh, the team that he goes to may not be 
like ready, ready all the way and haven't really thought about everything. And everybody's just game playing at the last minute. That ends up, I think that ends up hurting him in a lot of respects. But, you know, I, I think um, I've said this before as well, and I'll say it again. As crazy as it sounds, if he gives the Cavaliers enough time, I think that might end up being the best place. That may end up being the right place for him. And he may end up staying in Cleveland. I know that sounds crazy, people, but if if he gives them enough time, trade Kevin Love, bring in PG, and maybe he'll do a little bit more finagling here and there, have a lineup with George Hill. Um, If Rodney Hood can get his stuff together, Rodney Hood at the two, PG at the three, LeBron at the four, and Tristan Thompson at the five. Coming off the bench, you got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, Kyle Corver, J.R. Smith, Jeff Green. That's a pretty good lineup. Not really. Oh, okay. It would lose in the finals anyway. All right, then. All right. But what's where, right? where, where does he... Um, Probably so. But where does he go because... No, definitely. Okay, okay. All right, all right. All right. But, where, but where does he go because if he goes to Houston... He's going to Houston or he's staying where he's at. Isn't he's, You know what they... There was a rumor that... Agent, not even a rumor. Well, I think it's a I don't know why I'm, I'm bugging. He going to LA. A, he going to LA. Chill out, agent. Chill, 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 chill. Stop, man. This is the LA fan. He's about to be, you're not even a fan. Chill out. No, no, no. You, you right. Out. No, you right. I'm a fan. He about to go play with Lonzo. Hello. What, man? Listen. He about to get Listen coached. Carefully. He about to be coached by Lavar, man. Chill out, man. He about to go play by who? By Lavar. <laughs> He's about to go play with totally, Lonzo. They're gonna get Jello. Yeah. They're gonna get Leangelo, man. Everybody sure, gonna be on sure. the same team with one another. No we doubt. We gonna ship out. No we gonna that. ship out Ingram. Forget Randall. Bring in Kuzma. Got to stay though. They get. Hey, but I see the rumors about Kuzma leaving. Kyle. I mean, uh, if if Kawhi doesn't come this year, he gonna come next year. PZ gonna come too, man. We already know how this is about to go down, agent. Yeah, for sure, man. I and no Boogie doubt, taking a sure. pay cut. Come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Pay cuts. That's happening. <laughs> He's coming off an Achilles tear, bro. He's going to have to take a pay cut regardless, bro. He's going to take that pay cut. All right, man. I believe you, Lo. I believe you. I believe in All magic. Right. Uh, in other news, Lo, uh, Adam Silver got a contract extension for five years. Man, forget I Adam Silver, bro. Huh? Adam, Silver, What's his? Adam Silver might be overrated um, commissioner. No, trust me. After... Uh, What's his name? David Stern. Adam Silver is a heck of a lot better. No, he's not. Adam no, Silver's he's not. No, he's salary. Not. No, he's not. You don't think Adam Silver's better? No. What? Low. What? No, 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 no. Okay, do not Google it. We're going to play a guessing game. All right? All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, say, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So, how much do you think Adam Silver... I mean, okay, let's start with this. How much do you think uh, David Stern was making in the last five years as commissioner? On a year-to-year basis? Yes. Eight million. Twenty fucking million. Low. Oh, wow. He was making... He was making more than a massive majority of the NBA players. <laughs> okay. So how much do you think Adam Silver is making well, Adam Silver per year be, right Adam, now? Adam Silver got to be making 40. No. 35? No, actually it's it's 10 million per year. What? I guess cuz I guess cuz he's a new commissioner. I don't know what the new deal he struck was, and I doubt we'll hear the Actually, it'd be cool if they did give us the specifics about it. Actually, let me google that right now to try and find out. 
That's kind of odd. I did not. I had no idea they got paid that much, though. Because I know the commissioner of the NCAA, like the guys, the head honchos, they get criticized for making like one or two million a year just because the athletes don't make any money. I'm say, and a lot of them the live in. That's the reason why the athletes don't make no money. So uh, you think that in, in my head I was like maybe four million, five million, but never did it occur to me that. David Stern was making twenty million a year. That's Jeez. that's the reason why David Stern is a better genius. He already knew how to get that bag, yo. But that's seniority, right? So I think I it's, no, Adam it's, it's David. It's David Stern. That's what it is, yo. Um, David Stern, he's a better um commissioner. Let's let's cut the cap. David Stern. Understood. Why would you say that? What would lead you to believe that? After all, David Stern made the right decisions to make the NBA as great as it is today. I mean, Adam Silver. What has he done? He changed. Okay, so you're being you're being satirical. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm being dead serious. He made the right decisions to make the NBA where it's at today. Save the but NBA. It's not just him, though. You're, you're missing the point. Who is it? Then? You're crediting him with all the business, all the business successes of the NBA. Okay. So who else is it? You know, there's no other employees that work in the front office. How would you tell me? So what is that? No other. So, so what is Adam? No other executives making millions of dollars so, a year. So what is so, so what has Adam Silver done then to make him better? I, I mean, I'm not making an argument. He did. I just think that when we look at David Stern, I think a lot of what people remember is those like ridiculously. Uh, we'll use the word. What's the word? Racist policies he implemented. <laughs> we saw. We saw his very like when he was giving people. Will you, is the word punishments when he was the consequences. We're never consistent, man. Somebody would get a suspension for doing something light, and it would be like 20 games. Then somebody would do the most fucked up thing ever and get like 10 games. And so just like what we see with uh, Goodell in the NFL, is there's never any consistency when it came to dealing out arbitrary consequences to athletes. It was never an objective measure, and that was always frustrating. Uh, Look, man. He was silencing players left and right. Like what we as, see now with the NBA is... As he should. Look, I'm going to tell you right what? now, Adam Silver, as much what? as people really don't like him, that man saved the NBA two times. And he understood what needed to be done, what needed to be said, and he and he ruled with an iron Adam fist. Adam Silver, you said? I mean, David Stern. Okay, no, I was they, looking at that. They, Wasn't they, Adam Silver dealing with that? Uh, who's that Clippers uh, owner, the racist guy that didn't like Mike, uh, um, Magic Johnson? Um. You remember that? Okay, I, let's I, just I pretend like we know yeah, his what, name. What is his name, though? Hold on. Okay, his name is not relevant. Uh, it is, was it, I'm pretty sure Adam Silver just became that year the commissioner okay, when so, that was right, popping so, off. So, so explain to me how that's a, a tough decision. What, what, was, what was Adam Silver I'm just Silver saying, it's a serious... I get that he really nothing huge happened. The guy got a chance to sell his team. He didn't lose say, anything. What, is, what did he, he do? Okay. <laughs> that's true. We could agree on Don, that. Donald Sterling... But, what did what did Adam Silver do to Donald Sterling that wasn't obvious? I think obvious? he diffused the situation successfully because players were at the point where they were saying they don't even know if they could play on the team. Like that was a Chris Paul saying, like I don't feel right playing under this guy when he feels that type of way towards black people. And so the first thing he did, the first major controversy the NBA was dealing with, we saw him deal with it in this way. Do you see what the the, the NFL just did to the players with Roger Goodell? They said that uh, the players ca- cannot kneel no more, or they will be fined, and the team will also be fined. But what they can do is stay in the locker room. So basically, what he's siding with the people, like what they're doing is they're protesting some fucked up shit, and he's saying that they can no longer even express themselves 
in the only way they know how on the football field, they actually have to just stay in the locker room. Which I guess is a statement in and of itself, but it's not the same. When the cameras are on and they're broadcast. So I'm just saying, like, that situation's a lose lose. Because the people that believe they shouldn't be kneeling are pissed off, but they shouldn't. They need to respect the anthem and the flag. And then the athletes are like, yo, this is how I feel. I should be able to express myself. Especially because it's really, they're not even doing it for money. They're not, they're doing it because there's people dying for reasons they shouldn't be dying for. And so they feel like they should use their platform and do something about it. So it's already a messed up situation. And the way it was handled was very sloppy. And so I think, in my opinion, that's an example of a a commissioner that, first of all, a lot of people hate. Second of all, a lot of people could agree is not doing his job correctly, or at least to the best of his ability. I think there's somebody else who could do it better. We haven't had an issue like that with Adam Silver yet. I think he's just playing around, to be honest. Well, but I mean, I mean, not, well, not even. Well, a, you're not going to get a word out of me saying that Goodell was a, or is a good commissioner. B, okay, I, I'd hope so. Yeah, B, I'm dead serious that um, not only was David Stern a great commissioner, up until this moment, he is still better than Adam Silver. Maybe you don't thoroughly. You're wild. May, maybe you don't thoroughly understand. What David Stern did for the league? No, I understand. But here's what you're doing it again, Low. Stop crediting him with all the successful business decisions made by the NBA. All right, stop it. So, so what? I mean, you're, you're, you brought up Donald Sterling. Adam Silver is not the one who decided to get rid of Donald Sterling. They had to vote him out. So, so you bringing up Donald Sterling doesn't really justify anything he's done either. However, what I can say it, though is that out of the things that happened. And I understand other people had input, but where the NBA was when, um, um, I'm drawing a blank here. Where you David, can do it again. Well, I know. I was just about to say Adam Silver. Where the NBA was when Donald, I mean, um, David Stern picked I, it up. I know what you're going to, I get it. It, to, it came a long I'm way. I'm going to say to, to where we are, to where he, it was at when he left. Okay. It. And I'm not, this is not a knock on Adam Silver. Fantastic. But he, He's he, a great businessman. Maybe a fantastic executive. That doesn't make him a great face of the NBA. That's what the commissioner is. A face. Well, he was an right? ama- he was an amazing face of the NBA. I, I I think you're you're bugging right now. He had he then why was why was he so widely hated, Low, out of curiosity. Do you know why? He he was widely hated by who? By everybody. By who? You pull up to the draft, they're booing him wildly. Not well, not well, no mild boo. They're not getting a couple boos. Well, Everybody well, in well, unison well, knows well, it's time New, to boo. New York Knicks fans, they they boo regardless. I mean, I'm not really concerned about that. Look, all, all I'm saying is this, look. If you look at <laughs> you look at what happened in the NBA, we're talking about crackheads were playing on the on, on the court. They're just playing crackheads on the court playing basketball. We're talking about delayed finals games, not regular games. Tape delay on the finals game. We're talking about there was no overseas play. We're talking about a league that didn't have. I think they had like 10, 10 um. Okay, so what what did he teams. do specifically to help? Every, everything uh, overcome those issues. Put in, put in. Um, he put in a very strict drug policy that was no. Not, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he don't do that. Yes, the he NBA's did. drug policy is one of the the least strict of any well, professional not, sport you're, you're, I've ever you're, seen. You're talking about when I say drugs, I'm not talking about steroids. I'm talking about crack agent. That's what I'm talking. I, about. It doesn't matter. I'm saying. Do you know what the drug policy is in the NBA? Have you ever read the CBA low? It is, it is you, the opposite do you know what of the, strength. Do you know the drug policy was before David Stern got into the NBA? I understand. No, I, I listen. I get what you're saying. But the NBA does not even remotely have a strict drug policy. 
players just recognize they can't they can't smoke crack and play a game the next day is what they had to recognize. Now it still it still happens. I'm sure there's at least a dozen NBA players who at least regularly on parties and do then, recreational and, and drugs and, like and that. When they were found guilty, it wasn't no oh man, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how we're gonna deal no, it was you out of the league. It was I get out it. of the were, league. They were banned. I think there was like a warning system too, so they get a second chance. No, after it wasn't like no that. warning system. When David Stern stepped, there was a warning system prior to that. When David Stern stepped in, there was no warning system. You were out of the league. You were out. It was done. There was yeah. no um maybe on this. No, it was done. David Stern implemented the salary cap before David Stern entered the NBA. There was no salary cap. David Stern is the one, he's the reason why the, t- the NBA has expanded to 30 teams because, I mean, not he himself, but he's definitely pushed for expansion amongst the league. He's definitely pushed for expansion outside of the NBA. Okay. Now, there's certain things so in the that 2000s, done, there's certain things that he's definitely done, such as remove the, the high school to the NBA rule, which in my opinion, I don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal, but anyway, He's also in in the early two thousands how strict he was on on a dress code, which was also I I understand why people are upset about that. But if you got a league, and also he changed, I mean, because he was still dealing with a league where people were just fighting on the court to the point where you got people jumping into the stands, everybody just r- running wild. What is David like? People are upset. Okay. David Stern. Well, I get I, that. You made me Google specifics, slow, just because I got curious. Because. Uh, I know for a fact that they have an incredibly lenient drug. Lo, there is a report saying that less than three percent of NBA athletes use marijuana. We know it's we know it's false. We don't need to sit here and pretend like that's a true fact. That, that what that really means is three percent got caught. There's plenty that use it, no doubt. Okay, so check this out. In the 2000s, uh, Davis Stern implemented a new policy, uh, and that new policy was interesting because Lo, what you said was just incorrect. They had a three strike policy with players, when, and after the third this? strike, was there was a when fine, was and a, there was in the two thousands. There was a strike. I'm, I'm, what I'm referring to, agent, is in the late eight. In the, well, I I understand that, but what I'm saying is throughout his tenure. That's like, when he started which, his tenure in the eighties, agent. What are you talking about? So I think that one of the best decisions David Stern made was going and in the off season playing games in China. And recently, they even started to play games in uh, England. And I think that did a lot. And so, like, people like Kobe grew international praise. Because you get the Chinese market involved. That's in, like, they got a billion people, though. There's so much potential. And so, you go there. And, by the way, this was very new. This, this is like a foreign concept at the time. And he decided to do it. And there was no... Proof that it worked out. And, and now that we see that the NBA basketball is one of the most... It's actually the second most international sport in the world after soccer. I think rugby comes close after that or something. I forgot what the rankings were. But now the NHL is trying to run games in China. Do you know that? The NFL is trying to do games in the UK. Every, every pro sport team is recognizing that they can popularize the product, which is their sport. Whether it's football... Soccer, or if you call soccer football, basketball, by going to other countries and presenting them. Just check this out. Show up in Ethiopia and play a game of basketball. And it inspires everybody watching there that, yo, this game, this sport is fantastic. This is, this is, and then bring Kobe there. 
right? A, a very popular athlete. Bring LeBron there. Bring Shaquille O'Neal there. Well, when I went to when I went to Ethiopia when I was like 11, my guy, they didn't know much about basketball there. Uh, I mean, they had hoops and stuff there, but they didn't follow the NBA much. But here's what they knew: they knew Shaq, they knew Shaq, they knew Kobe, and they knew the people at the time that were at the very top. And so I'll give David Stern that is that he helped internationalize basketball. And thus, I mean, the greatest league in basketball is the NBA. And so the NBA seen significant growth from people outside of North America. So there's that. I think that was probably his biggest achievement. And it's definitely no small one. And so Adam Silver is going to pick up where David Stern left off and continue to grow. But I'm just saying, in terms of being the face of a league, David Stern has made so many bad controversial decisions over the years that I think Adam Silver maybe hasn't had a chance to step in that mud yet. Maybe he hasn't had to deal with all the conflicts because he's only been there for what now? How long has it been? Like six, seven years? Yeah, something like that. So I guess maybe we give Adam Silver more time. But don't don't pretend like David Stern was this fantastic commissioner. He was, though. That he was, he was again, like I said, um, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about the drug policy, but I'm talking about where the NBA was in the beginning when it was dealing with all, like, massive, not not weed or not like that. I'm talking like like legit drugs. David Stern stepped in and implemented a drug policy to end up getting rid of a, a substantial amount of players, like not just some scrubby dubby players, like solid players. Matter of fact, there's, I can't remember what draft class it is. I think it was, I think it was late. I can't remember which one it is, but it's like almost like a whole draft class that they damn near got rid of because of that, because of that rule and stuff like that. Also, again, salary cap, uh, in, in, uh salary cap didn't exist before David Stern got there. We're talking about a league where again, they had tape delay, David Stern opened up the NBA to multiple TV networks to the point, and I understand overseas market, I get that, but to the point where, again, before he got to the NBA, we're talking about pivotal NBA Finals games were on tape delay. He opened up the entire league to a whole nother market when it comes to the TV market and, and things of that nature, expanding the league to 30 teams, making sure that everyone understood that and I get people upset about the whole dress code thing and stuff like that but he had an image to uphold to a public of people that quite frankly just didn't understand a what, large is what is that image what is that the the image was not having people fighting on the basketball court in the middle of a game that's what they why was. is that low out of curiosity did you watch the game uh England versus what team are they playing they were playing Panama did you watch it? Panama was so mad they were down 5 or what the half. They were just fucking flinging England players left and right. They were actually pushing players, pulling players, mm, tackling mm, players. Mm, I, I, they were getting carded. Yeah, I, I, get, I, watch- get I get that point. But David Stern, so I, I, David Stern cannot change the fact that there are racist people in, in America. I'm, I'm, I'm just... Wait, what does that what does that have to do with anything? He can't change he can't change the fact that the, the perception of what a, what a black man does. No, but on that's the court. not the audience you should be trying to appeal to. That's the point. No, well that but, you it's, have it, to, but it's the masses, regardless of how you want to cut it or slices. No, that that's I get the it. masses. Do you want to put forward a professional face so you can make the game more appealing to a broader audience? But that wasn't professionalism he was going after. He was trying to eliminate the NBA's quote unquote culture using a string of very strict policies that was not even remotely warranted. Or it didn't add anything to the game. It, didn't t- it just it, restricted it did, the freedom of the players. It didn't take away anything from the game either. Somebody coming, it, so, I just something. Somebody coming to the back. Someone coming to a game in blue jeans versus a shirt. I mean, versus a, um a suit and tie does not change anything of the game whatsoever. I know people get all excited now about what Russell Westbrook is wearing to the court. 
he still is inefficient playing basketball. Point blank, period. That does not change not a thing. The way that the you NBA, missed the point the, about the, the, the NBA culture. I don't care about but, no NBA right. culture off the court. If you're talking about a commissioner who is trying to bring in money, because that is what the commissioner's job is to do. But here's he's the trying, thing. Didn't to have to, he did. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Those I'm not policies saying it's right were or instrumental I'm, in the growth of the NBA. It they was. Were, yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Yes, it, the agent, they were literally losing brand deals. Because of the way that the whole, the way that the, in the, the entire world, especially in the United States, were perceiving people. You, he had, I'm trying to figure out where exactly his excerpt is at, excerpt is at, but there's, is an excerpt where he's explaining why he had to make that decision. It's not like, and we're at a point now where people don't really care anymore about it because we've, we've grown as a, as a society. But if, if you're talking about a league where people are constantly fighting and then you have, off the court issues that are spilling over into the court, and you're that talking still about happens, all this. Low. It happens to at the extent to right now, and even where it doesn't happen to the same level right now. No, it doesn't. If you we had KG and Carmelo with the beef, we see Patrick Beverly with beef. You're talking about you're talking about verbal beefs, and I'm talking about Gilbert Arenas bringing a gun into a locker room. That was a prank. That wasn't a. Beef, it doesn't. Bro. It doesn't matter what it is, Agent. I'm talking about someone bringing a gun to the locker room. I'm talking about... But that's I'm against t- the rules regardless. I'm, ta- I'm talking... I understand, I understand what you're saying, but I'm also talking about uh, 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 back and forth that escalated to the point where you had NBA fans walking into the stands. I'm talking about people literally fighting on the court. I get it that it happens in other sports and stuff like that, but that's not a good image. And so to change the perception of how the NBA is is looked upon am- amongst Americans, you have to make decisions that don't really have nothing to do with how they play basketball. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, and I'm not saying what it is. It's just, it's just what it is. And so even though you could say that's a negative, that part of his legacy or his tenure, even that Chris Paul trade bullshit, which is definitely bullshit, all of that, does not usurp what he did in the beginning of it and throughout the entire time when he was there as he continued to grow the league, introduce a salary cap, allow the growth of the other um other salary cap through the years because it's not like it just stayed stagnant for us a, a significant amount of time. Yes, it jumped up through the roof in Adam Silver's um and under Adam Silver. However, it was already headed in that direction due to David Stern. It was already headed in that direction. And as a side note. Adam Silver should not do it again, man. You're, you're crediting to do with every successful business decision. I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. There was other people who made the decision, forget, but that's like. But that's like. But that's Cooper like. Had a team and that flopped, <laughs> and so who had a he, team? They meet Vancouver. There's plenty of teams we tried to expand to, or I get it. And, but I mean, but the, but the you but was, you still have to keep it. You still have to keep it open to other buyers and things of that nature because they found a buyer for the um. The Pelican, well, the Hornets team at the time, they found a buyer for the Hornets team under David Stern. All of that stuff was uh, un- under David Stern. Here, here's all I'm saying, Lo. He was unpopular for a reason. He's unpopular I mean, because excluding- people don't understand what he actually truly did for the NBA. No, no. I understand what he's able to accomplish in that whole front office. I think the NBA is one of the most progressive sport organizations in the world. And they're always first to the punch. And that's rare to see in a sport league because a lot of the time, especially with the MLB and the NFL and the NHL, they're always lagging behind. I don't know what they're waiting for, but they're always late to make decisions. 
And that often results in either slow growth or decline, as what we're seeing in the MLB and uh, NHL is stagnating, and they're trying to find ways to speed up the pace. I, I mean, he knew, David Stern knew ahead of time that he was going to need to make the game more interesting to watch. And I don't think policies had nothing to do with that. I think stuff like removing hand checking. I'm about to right? say that's that's so a, that, those are rules that they they change to make the game interesting. So, but I think those are relevant rules that, I, in my opinion, although make it more challenging to defend, make the game more exciting to watch, and making and make it more appealing for a broader audience. I don't understand what restricting how someone dresses helps that, but when you make rule changes to help facilitate making the game more interesting, especially to the casual viewer, while also keeping, obviously, the hardcore guys engaged, then I think that's successful. And so he's made plenty of rules like that. When Charles Barkley would abuse his back-to-the-basket, they did a five-back-to-the-basket rule. Boom. Anytime there was some sort of abuse, Michael Jordan pushing off with his hand every time he's trying to hit his shots, then they, they begin calling that a charging foul. And so, I'm, and so, I'm at, so what I'm asking you is... And you're right. It's it's early. But you didn't mention those. I think those I know, are the but, most well, okay, relevant but, you're, but you're bringing that up as well. And so what I'm asking you is, James Harden right now has found multiple ways to abuse the league. Right. Why hasn't Adam Silver changed the rule yet? But keep in mind, the, the Charles Barkley stuff, the Michael Jordan stuff, that stuff happened deep into their careers or after they retired. Right? Is Remember when I told you, like, it might have been a, a year ago, I think Dirk... Putting up his knee when he's going up for a fade, I think that's just going to be banned from the NBA after he retires. I don't think they're going to keep that in the NBA. Because, I mean, it's almost, no, it is impossible to defend. Unless you have Giannis length, you cannot defend a Dirk Nowitzki So why, so why is Adam Silver waiting? Like, he needs to do it right now, right? No, but that's what I'm saying is sometimes it happens after they retire. No, nah, he needs to hurry up and do that since he's a great commissioner. Why did Adam Silver not, allow all that money to be allocated to all the teams all at one time? Ba- virtually killing the whole purpose of what a salary cap is supposed to do. Why would Adam Silver do that? That's how the rules are. That's what the CBA looks like. And the CBA was decided in 2010, low before he was the commissioner. No, no, that whole the, allowing that much money all at once because they had to renegotiate how much money it was because it wasn't clear on how much money was going to be invested into the TV deal and how much money was going to be allocated to all the teams. What are you talking about, Lowe? All that stuff is described clearly in the CBA. What CBA are you referring to? Because I know for a fact they had to renegotiate. Not, re- they not signed renegotiate, a but they had to... It's, it's it's a union, like any job. They sign a collective bargaining know, but agreement what, but what in year, terms of their but what, relationship. What, what year of the CBA are you referring to? There's only one CBA, Lowe. The CBA was signed in 2010, and then there was a chance to cancel it, I believe in, what was it, 2016, I believe? Or it was 2015-2016? And then they decided to continue instead of canceling it until it expires in 2020. And if they want to renegotiate what the split of how much revenue they make, uh, players compared to the league, if they want to renegotiate TV deals or how like how the money is distributed, then it's going to be done in 2020. And I guess that's when we'll see the first, uh, unless there's a controversy before that, major challenge for Adam Silver. That'll be the first major challenge. There's most likely going to be a lockout because... I think the league is. I think the player association can ask for a lot, and then the league is going to be like, "Yo, like we're trying to take some back right now." And you know, unions, unions don't give up. They'll if you let them take everything, they'll take everything. And so uh, there's going to be war, low, and we'll be able to see. I guess then I'm not saying he's the greatest thing to ever happen. I just think he's. I think he's doing a better job right now than David Stern was doing. Anyway, he's not though. He's uh, not. He's not. He's not. We'll we'll uh we'll leave that to public opinion. We'll see what people think. This this podcast has gone on for a long ass time, low. 
<laughs> we should end it here, man, before this shit runs for like two and a half hours, man. Matter of fact, say, say your um, player of the pod, man. Uh, wow, let's think off the top of my head. My player of the podcast is Richard Jefferson. Uh, he gave me the most. What's the word I'm looking for? Sensual? Sensual? Oh, okay, my bad. Break you on. Whoa, no, that definitely wasn't the word, love. Uh, piece of content. It made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> and I wish more NBA players would be willing to joke and, and be open on social media and with the press at times. It's funny, all right? And at the end of the day, all we're looking for is entertainment. Uh, so shout out to him, man. Uh, my player of the pod is my man, Vic. Just love me some Vic, man. Shout out to you, Vic, man. I know you listen to the podcast. We're going to link up later on. Yo, he was out there serenading. Oh he was out there serenading him real quick at the NBA Awards show. I, I peeped it on the timeline, Vic. You know what I'm saying? Got his little vocal game going on strong. Why are you pretending like you're friends Smooth. with him right now? That's my guy. Chill out, yo. Shout out, yo. Shout out to you, Vic. I, I peep you, Vic, man. You know what I'm saying? They, hey, so hey, crazy. I, hey. Hey, can you name can you name that many people from your day ones? You know, what I'm saying I'm, I've been there since day one. Hello, you said he was gonna be a flop, my guy. I, did, I never said that. Hey, Vic, Vic knows us. Uh, he know you playing around. He know I've been always on the team, man. Got that. Also, I got a rookie Victor Oladipo card too. You know, yo, yo, Vic you bought that last week. Come on, man. I, hey, yo, Vic, I pe- I peeped the game, man. I, I see you serenading them with the voice. Player of the pod, Victor Oladipo out there. Hitting them with the vocals yet again, and uh, are you done? Uh yeah, we doing the podcast, man. Yo, oh, shout out to everybody who's listening. Was it a two-hour podcast? We're cutting out the middle part. Remember? That's gonna be like five minutes, man. Mm, <laughs> I don't think so, but I mean, we'll we'll figure out. If not, then I, I guess I'll chop it up and make it two different pods. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with this, but yo, shout out to everybody who listening to the pod out there and um, rate rate us five stars. As always, you know, <laughs> gotta get the ratings up. And um, we will see you all next time. Hey, email Peace. me at callmeagent00 at gmail.com. Let me know how crazy Low was today. Peace. Hit me my DMs and tell me how stupid Low, I mean, I'll say Low. Low, I'm yeah, dumb. you're right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that part out. Hit me in my DMs <laughs> and tell me how dumb Agent was today. You're, you're ridiculous, dude.